you're about to listen to the profound word of God, ministered by Ty Adeshima, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. Without a doubt, this will be a life-transforming experience as you acquaint yourself with the word of God and develop a rich and rewarding relationship with Him. This message will certainly shape your life, fulfill your dreams, and guarantee your success. your own atmosphere create your own atmosphere it's it starts climate change climate change Ephesians in chapter 6 and verse 12 we've got a long way to go this morning it says for our struggle is not against flesh and blood our struggle is not against flesh and blood contending only with the physical physical opponents but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly supernatural places. I'm going to read that again. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. It says, For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, contending only with the physical opponents, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. We call this climate change. As I said last week, we, 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 we live in two atmospheres. One is a physical atmosphere called the cosmos that we can see, smell, hear, touch and taste. But the other is what is called the spiritual atmosphere. And many people are operating from the cosmos, from the physical atmosphere and we are struggling. I said this last week. I said they have failed to understand that the atmosphere they generate around their home, their careers and their, and, and their lives determine the success and the peace and the joy that they will experience. I said this last week that the battleground for the enemy is not in your physical location but in the spiritual and mental location. And through these testimonies that we've just heard, the battleground is not in the physical you, sometimes we're dealing with a mental issue in the physical. You need to get help. You need to get physical help. You may need sometimes to get professional help. But above all, we can see that all these testimonies still came back to the spiritual battle. That if I can say to myself, I live in Goshen, there is no physical location of Goshen. But there is a spiritual location that determines the physical location. And whenever you say to yourself, I'm in Goshen, you are declaring that the physical location will obey the spiritual location. Because there is nothing that happens in the physical that does not come from the spiritual. We may fool ourselves that we are in a place and in a society that does not give themselves or lend themselves to the spiritual the spirituality of life. But I'm telling you that most of the things that 
that you're battling with is spiritual. And if you can tap into the spiritual okay, uh, uh, sector and realize that your struggle is not against flesh and blood, but you're fighting against rulers, against darkness, against the powers, against the world forces, you'll be able to take your battle and say, I will not fight you in the physical, but the weapons of my warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God for the world, pulling down of strongholds. And once you understand that, you impact your spirit by the atmosphere that you create around you. We are all affected by the atmosphere that we create. I want you to recognize this, that you're living in a combat zone. And many of us are oblivious of the reality of the war. We have an enemy that is bent on our destruction. He only opposes God. But he doesn't not only oppose God, but he opposes everything that is aligned with God. And so I said to us that remember we are in a spiritual war. And today I want to deal with some things in this series of messages that what can I do to create a positive or spiritual or great atmosphere? What, what are the vital things I need to do for personal growth and advancement in my life that can dictate to my physical reality what needs to be done? There are some certain climates that you have to create around yourself. And the first thing that you need to deal with is what I call the climate of your thoughts. The climate of your thoughts. Father, help me right now. I've got to really get through this. Proverbs chapter 4 and verse 23. Listen to what it says. It says, guard your heart. Guard your heart more than anything else because the source of life flows from it. Guard your heart more than anything else. Guard your heart. Not, not guard your money. Not guard your children. Not guard your home. Not Guard your trinkets, no? Guard your face, but guard your heart. Because above all, that's where life flows from. Another verse says, it says, for they influence everything else in your life. So the atmosphere that you create around you first comes from your thought. The state of your mind is what makes the principles and strategies for progress to produce. A man's thought is the production line of his actions. Listen to me carefully. Your thoughts, your feelings, your mental and emotional vibration that emanates from you create the atmosphere that is around you and people who are in your close proximity will sense the atmosphere that is around you because they are affected by it. It is your thoughts that tell everybody around you who really you are. It's your thoughts. Everything is an atmosphere. Everything is an atmosphere. When the praise and worship started this morning, when Siobhan was leading praise and worship, and, 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 and we had the backers, the atmosphere changed. Because it's, everything emanates from within you. You can have one singer, one keyboard, and you can still change an atmosphere. 
You cannot go by feelings. We've said this over and over again. And still defeat the enemy of life. You can't. Because until you conquer your inner spirit, you will never be able to conquer your outer environment. Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 14. Listen to what it says in the Message Bible. It says, a healthy spirit conquers adversity. But what can you do when the spirit is crushed? That means... If your spirit is not healthy, you can't conquer the things that are around you. It's a healthy spirit. You change your atmosphere by what is on the inside of you. Good looks, sound health, and a shapely body must be appreciated. I love guys who have six-pack. I love women tall and great and uh, put on their makeups and, and all that. And that we can appreciate that and we should applaud that. But they do not in themselves guarantee a meaningful life or a fulfilled destiny. No one experiences absolute dominion by physical prowess. Only and yet vast results are invested so much in food, in clothes, in physical nurture because they think that will answer the problems that we are going through. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. Bodily exercise profits little. That means you need to exercise so you get that little. But to be honest with you, it is godliness that profits a lot. Bodily exercise profits little. And many people will sit down under a hairdresser for six hours. Six hours. I know. I know from first, first-hand experience. I know. As one day I went out, came back, and they were still there. And you know what bothers me the most is, I looked at my said, ah, are you guys still there? Yeah. So how long have you got left? Oh, probably 30 minutes. Two hours after the initial 30 minutes, she said, they're still there. Oh, we're, we're rounding up right now. We're just putting heat towards it. I'm like, but you said that two hours ago. And when I calculated it, it took a whole day to make her look that gorgeous. Thank God for that. But I was wondering, so you, you sat down for eight hours. Okay, bearing the fact that I went to take a drink and all that kind of stuff. For that, the question not to her, but to many others, is have you even spent eight minutes playing? And after eight minutes, you're bored. Because your focus is like, people will appreciate me for the long year. But you're short in the spirit. <laughs> and, 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 and the tragic thing, listen to me, the tragic thing is that you may spend all that money looking good and no one looks at you. And you may spend all that time praying in the presence of God and you emanate the ability to defeat the things that are around you and you become gracious. Because it was not how much time Esther spent that she found favor. It was the favor of God that made her find favor. Now, do I say don't look good? Obviously, if you don't look good, you shortchange yourself because how you dress will address you. But what I'm saying in essence is don't complain about 6 a.m. morning prayer. 
when you can spend six hours trying to get yourself ready. Do you know the anxiety a woman will go through trying to get ready for her wedding day just for a mere six hours that cannot be translated to 60 years of marriage? Six years of marriage. In fact, after six days, the six hours is forgotten. Just six days. Because everything that you need to be successful is not in the things that are around you. It is the things that you generate within you. Please always remember, listen to me, the more control you have over your mind and your thoughts, the more peaceful you become and the less other people will be able to affect you. When you are in control of yourself, you will refuse to allow people to rent space in your mind. This means you're charging your thoughts. You're charging your thoughts every single day. If you're really despondent, you can still charge. I'm in Goshen. When you start to charge that, you will affect your environment. You will affect the way the world perceives you. You will affect the way people will treat you. And the more you believe the negative thoughts, the more worse you're going to feel. But the more you believe the positive thoughts, the better you become. You're not sad because things are bad. Things are bad because you're sad. Got to know that. And, 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 and let me address some homes quickly. Many spouses, they emanate bad vibes and affect the mood of the home. They are so much concerned about how they feel that they never have a good thing to say or do. Many spouses have committed physical and spiritual suicide because their spouse was so insensitive to how they are feeling because they were so much consumed about how they feel. Let me explain this further because I don't think many people understand this. Two people that are married, I want to address the married couple right now. Two people that are married, when you come together, you both won't have the same emotions. If, 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 if I marry somebody who has the same emotions as I am, I am that marriage is going to capitulate very quickly. Very quickly. When we got married, very clearly, my wife was up and going. Nothing, she's up and going. She, I don't, nothing phases her except me. Nothing, nothing else. She's, she's cool. And, and, and I've said this so many times. When we're believing God for something, when we're starting to deal with something, she just sleeps. She sleeps easy. The, the atmosphere that she emanates is an atmosphere of positivity. And there's always one out of the two that has a more positive outlook. What the other person does, and I'm using myself as an example, so I don't offend anybody. What the other person does is that we want to try to bring them into our own drudgery, into our own place of despair. And when they refuse to come to where you are, you start to become more sad and emanate vibes, vibe, uh, bad vibes that they, know, they, know, they don't understand the way you feel. No! I understand the way you feel, but I don't want to come to the way you feel. There are some guys that are up and going. They love people. They hug people. They talk. And here you are married to that kind of guy. And you're just like, you're, you're reserved. And you want him to come into your reservation area. It doesn't work like that. And so much so that you will fight 
until he joins you in your depression or vice versa. Many people just have a bubbly personality. But that doesn't mean that they don't even, even have their own down days. And this is where the thing gets a bit funny. Because the fact that somebody has their bubbly personality, they're always up, they're always talking, they're always happy, they always have a vibe. Many times we can miss when they're going through tough times. And you as the spouse, you miss it so much. Because you're always in, have the down personality. You're always feeling bad. Everything seems to always go wrong with you. And the vibes you are creating in your home is a home that is full of sorrow and disaster. And many spouses create a negative atmosphere daily. Daily you're waking up to create trouble. And then the worst thing you can ever hear is that you know I'm wired up that way. Can I ask you a question? So when God created you, God now put some wires inside you that you should be sad. You're, you're, you're wired up to be sad. You're wired up to be worried. You're wired up to be anxious. Hey, I'm always worried. I am, I, I, I am always... You will die soon. You can't keep doing that. Because you're creating a negative thought, a negative atmosphere, a climate that is wrong. It's time for a climate change of your thoughts. Philippians 4 verse 8. What did he say you can do? The Message Bible. Listen to what it says. It says, summon it up. Summon it all up, friends. I say, you do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are true, things that are noble, things that are reputable, things that are authentic, things that are compelling, things that are gracious, the best, not the worst, the beautiful, not the ugly things to praise, not things to curse. And if your entire climate every day is on CNN, is on Sky News, is on LBC, is on all the other news channels, Fox News, all this kind of stuff, and it is, it is, it is, it is in the background of your house. Many people switch on that TV, that news channel, till morning till they go to bed, and you now say, why are you not sad? You're seeing people die every single day. You're seeing the statistics. You're seeing the number. It's going to affect your thoughts. And we can't walk into your home and just by chance, just knock on your door. And by the time we open your door, something like scriptures hit us. Something like in the background, there's music in the background. There's praise and worship going on. Sometimes you don't feel it, but you can create that atmosphere by yourself because nobody is going to create it for you and no matter where you go people are still going to encourage you people are still going to tell you what you need to do let me go to the next climate i call it the climate of unity this ties in well to what i said in my first in the first numbers i mentioned the climate of your thoughts and the climate of unity. Listen to me. The book of Psalms chapter 133. And verse 1 to 3. He says, Behold, how good and how pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil upon the bed. Running down upon the head. Running down the bed. The bed of Aaron. Running down on the edge of his garment. It is like the dew of Hermon. Descending from the mountains of Zion. 
descending, sorry, upon the mountains of Zion. For there the Lord commanded blessings, life forevermore. Let me first say this because I've been there. The last time we went to Israel and we took, uh, and my wife and I took an entourage from Nigeria. We, we last, this year actually, sorry, this year, this year, we escaped by God's grace. We just left the airport and they shut down the airport. It was by God's grace. We would have been quarantined inside Israel. In fact, I think probably our plane was one of the last that left because as soon as the Nigerian contingents left, they shut down that, that airline. Just the day they left is the day they shut it down. But, but, but I said that because it was, we've, we've been taking people to Israel, but this was the only time that we just did a detour. We were not even supposed to go. As we were driving around, the, our tour guy, uh, guide, uh, uh, Modi, 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 uh, just in case he hears it, Muddy. <laughs> Those who have been with us will know him. Very funny, very wonderful guy. He just said, you see, that's, that's, that, that, that's, that's called the Mount of um, Hermon. And I said, can we go there? He says, looking at the time. He, sa- he says, no. I said, let's go there. We went there and we're supposed to pay to go in there. Somehow, somehow, the guy was so good, we forced ourselves, the whole bus, we paid, we, what? We just got there. I could not believe it. You'll be going up and up and up and up and up. And we got there. I had read this scripture before. But as soon as we got to the top of the, 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 the ascent, there was snow on it. It was freezing cold. And we're coming down from a place that was completely dry to a place that was completely cold. There was snow in Israel, snow on the mountain. And as we got there, there, it was like a slush because as the day was getting, as we were getting to 12 or 1 o'clock, it started to melt and it says by the time we come back the following morning it will be, there will be snow on the place. And then I said, where does this go? It says it goes all the way down the mountain and it starts to go to the bottom of the mountain and at the bottom of the mountain did you not see some vegetations i said yeah we saw a lot of vegetation it says it goes from the top to the bottom and he says pastor ty now open psalm 133 and it all made sense hermon was a mountain which flourished because of the heavy dew that rested on it and then the mountains of zion which was barren and fruitful uh, barren and fruit lifeless became fruitful by what was flowing from the top to the bottom. Anytime you go to Israel, follow me, we'll take you there. It's an amazing sight to see. And for the first time, I started to find out that this has a message. The message of unity creates the climate in your home. Because whatever goes from the top is coming down to the bottom. Can I, can, can, I, can I crave the indulgence of all the single people in the, in the house today to, to please give me some time to bless those who are married. And it will bless you who is single because you know what you're going to step into. Listen to me. The first message this picture displays when God says that the, the how good and pleasant is it for brethren to dwell together in unity. It is like the precious oil. Everything runs from the top to the beard. Everything runs from the, uh, the, from the dew of Carmen all the way down to the, to, to the mountain of Zion. The first display is, is one that the atmosphere, when there's an atmosphere of unity, it brings peace. It brings progress. The first thing you will see is progress. He says, there will be fruitfulness. There will be fruitfulness. Resource, listen to me. Listen to me, those who are married. Listen, listen, listen. 
resources may be tight, but the Spirit of God can be abundant in unity. My, my wife and I have experienced periodically where resources are tight, but unity always makes a way out. When there is unity, it makes the barren and the lifeless place fruitful. Mount Zion will continue to be barren if it does not stay under the dew that comes from Hermon. Trying to leave is not going to help you. What we can achieve together is more than what you can achieve alone. And one day I was preaching, I used the broom syndrome. When we look at Moses, Aaron and Hur, the battle was won by the combination of three with Joshua fighting in the valley. As a team, those men brought about a great victory as individual because failure was in ahead in the book of Exodus 17, 12. The goal in our marriage is more important than the role. All players have a role that adds values to our marriage. Listen to me. Even in a home, even in a church, the atmosphere of unity will always bring progress. Number two, the second message we see about this mountain is that the atmosphere of unity brings protection. Listen to me if you don't listen. If you don't hear, get anything at all, get this thing. Disconnection produces isolation. Disconnection always leads to isolation. Let me read a full scripture to you. Maybe this will help you quickly. Judges chapter 18, verse 27 to 28. Listen to this. Judges 18, 27 to 28. Follow me. Let's, let's read it together. It says, So they took the things Micah had made and the priest who had belonged to him and went to Laish to a people quiet and secure. <laughs> Everything is fine, right? People are quiet and secure. You're in your home right now. You're in your house right now, secure. No charge. I can just wake up, get out of the bed with a coffee, mama, and I can just watch it online. And then I can just, oh, Pastor's shoe wasn't, didn't match his trouser. Uh, this, uh, that, oh, ooh, ooh, I like that hairstyle. Oh, she sang. Oh, her voice. What, was she on key? Was she not off key? You, you know you're secure. Yes, then there's a job. God blessed you with a job. And then your children, everything is fine. You're all right. You're looking at your wife. You're holding her hands as you're watching me online. Mm -hmm. It says, a people quiet and secure. And they struck them with the edge of the sword and burnt the city with fire. Why? Listen, there was no deliverer because it was far from Sidon and they had no ties with anyone. It was in the valley that belonged to Beth Rohab. So they rebuilt the city and dwelt there. Leave that, leave that, leave that, leave that verse on for what? If you read the whole scripture, the Bible says that these people dwelt in the city and they were fine. They didn't need help from anyone. I don't need your help. In fact, this lockdown has shown me I don't need church. <laughs> it says to show me that I can even do church at my home. I can just bring my family together and we can pray. That's what they were doing. 
They were fine. Everything was peaceful. They had no connection with no other city around them. So when they came to devastate that, and when the enemy came in, you know what the Bible says? It says they, de- they killed the entire place and rebuilt it, and the people came in, they invaded the place, rebuilt it, dwelt there, and nobody raised any issue about it. Because those who were dwelling there had no connection or ties with anyone. Even in the time of your peace, make sure you're connected with people. One of the devil's greatest strategy is to bring you to a place of false security and isolation. If we can get them to separate from their herds and run on their own, they become much easier to catch and kill. If you ever watch wildlife, you will find out that where stragglers roam, lions feed. The lion just waits and knows that if I attack the herd, I will be defeated. If you ever watch wildlife, so the lion, he stays in one place for hours and just waits for one zebra, one of those those animals to just stray away from the park and bam! He goes in for the kill. He goes in for the juggler. He pounces on them, pulls them into the tall garden, goes for the juggler and begins eating the meat even before the heads know what happens. Stay in the strength of fellowship. Don't be a straggler. The testimony we read this morning, she said she got other people apart from even pastor. People in worship tabernacle, people in the fellowship. And they were able to give her advice. They were able to help her through that kind of depression, that, that kind of difficulty because she was part of a community. Listen, it is very wrong for you to step out of your community because if you step out of your community, you're stepping out of an atmosphere of unity that's created to give you progress and protection. Many homes are in a straggler place. A house that is divided against itself will not stand. Families, in the message Bible, in Matthew chapter 12 says, a family that is in constant squabble disintegrates. The greatest hindrance to vision is division. The third message we see about this climate of unity is that it brings power. It brings progress, it brings protection, it brings power. No, ladies and gentlemen, married couples, listen to me. This is your counseling for this week. Know that the devil is against and is going to fight your agreement. The enemy is after your agreement. He knows that if you do not come into agreement under the power and the guidance of the Holy Spirit, you will walk apart. And when you are apart, not just physically, but in belief, in position, and in understanding, the enemy can feed you lies as he did to Eve in the garden. He fed her lies. They walked apart. Our primary struggle is not primarily with our spouse. It is with the spiritual forces that is arrayed against our marriage and our relationship. 
When your marriage seems to be in peril, it is easy to start focusing on the ways your spouse is letting you down or you're falling short. Where there's stubbornness, where there's contention, where there's constant bickering, the devil moves in to feed and he will feed on your children. When you allow bitterness to spring up, it causes trouble, it defiles you and it brings death. Unity in the family must not be forged on the good times. But also, it's supposed to be forged on the strength that will see you through the bad times. The unity of mind will help in making things happen faster. So you're all lovey-dovey because the man and the woman has a job. You're bringing your income in. Suddenly, one of you doesn't have an income. And then, you start to complain. Eh, why didn't you wake up in the morning? Eh, have you looked for a job right now? Or you may look at the man. It's just if the man's lost his job. The man, by nature, is a fixer. And so he doesn't have a job. Eh, am I not enough? No, darling. You are enough, but not more than enough. No, 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 no. Don't be fooled. If he's a lazy man, that's a different story. We can deal with that next week. But, 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 but for him to lose his job and the issues that are occurring at home, bills are rising and he can't fix it. No. This is where the strength comes into place. And many times things are great until you decide to go on your own. And I'm going to take this thing out. And this is, ooh, how do I do this with wisdom? Because we're on, online. Women, you need to be careful. Because you've got a womb on the inside of you and God has really blessed you and placed an anointing upon you. You can be the biggest earner in your home. Clear. No problem. But be careful when you have enough money to make independent decisions. You may become a straggler. You have money. You, now, you command the money. You have the money. So if he says no, you can just go and buy it. Okay, honey, let's just wait. Let me think about it. Before you know anything, you've gone to buy it. You need to be careful because the Bible says that the, 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 the dew starts from heaven, from heaven and flows all the way down. And let me say this because I know people are going to rubbish this message. Because they like to hear what is soothing to them. If you cannot understand that the man is the head of the wife, not the woman. The wife. God put that in there so he can bless the top that comes down to the bottom. Not bottom because you are subservient. Listen to the full message. Bottom because God has called you as a help to make sure that while he's fighting in the battle, he's winning by your prayers. God can make you a help because while you're going to work, God can continue to promote you, bless you, increase you. You can be a CEO and earn a lot. But God still says that the unity of the home is what will produce longevity. Because for the meantime, it may look like you're independent. You may struggle away from the place of the unity of the home. And you may be doing well, but you do not recognize that God always brings the blessings of protection. There may be progress, but you may miss out of power and you may miss out of protection. And if you are the man of the house and God has blessed you, God didn't say you should dominate. God says that you're supposed to be a giver. 
You're supposed to raise up your family to bring them to a place of grace and a place of holiness and a place of purity and a place of greatness. Not to come into the house and start shouting on everybody else and start to dictate to the woman because you, the woman is at home taking care of the children and running around. You go and earn the bacon, but the bacon has to be put into the pot of the home. Don't let me go on finances right now. It's supposed to be put together, not for somebody to dominate. I said, well, manage whatever I give you. Really? You go, you change roles. You sit down at home and wipe those babies' pants. And wipe their bottoms. And now see how easy it is. Unity, unity, unity. They're great tools for the atmosphere of unity in a home. And if you're not married, start to listen to this because it will bless you. Let me give you some three or four and then I'll close. Verbal compliments. Verbal compliments. A great atmosphere of blessing comes from verbal compliments. Words of appreciation. They're very powerful in communication. If your words are sharp, if your words are critical, if we speak to our spouse, uh, and the way we're speaking to our children, we're destroying their joy and you're destroying the atmosphere of the home. The weapons of our warfare are not kind of, but they're mighty through God. You know why they're mighty through God? Because God would tell you to tell your wife, Honey, you're doing well. Honey, God bless you. Why you sit there, cross your legs, and you're watching a football team, and she brings in the food? All you could just say is thank you. While she's talking to you, you can, all you could just do is drop the phone and give her your attention. Proverbs 15 verse 1 says, A gentle answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. Blaming and putting your spouse creates a hostile environment. Stop nagging. Start praising. You get more in a praise than in a nag. Praise will raise your family. Stop arguments. Uh, the arguments. Stop the fight. Stop the tears. Stop the shouting. Stop the silent treatment. Those are things you're doing in the physical and it's not working because the devil is coming against you in the spiritual. But you can address the spiritual by the words that you pronounce. Verbal compliments. Number two, quality time. Pastor, is this a marriage seminar? Call it whatever you want to. When you add value to each other and change the climate of your home when you spend time with each other. Not putting yourself down, but putting time, putting effort, putting energy, putting money into your relationship with your spouse is a sign of how much you value the relationship. If you can't sit down with your spouse, you don't value them. And I'm wondering, if your children are not close to you during this lockdown that started since March, you know it will be a year in the next few months. A year since we've experienced this lockdown. And, the, and your home and your family is the same thing it was before we entered into this lockdown. It's the same thing it is at the exit. You are a complete failure. Seriously? People have, have, have generated business during this lockdown. People have made amends with their wives and with their spouses and with their children during this lockdown. You're at home and still you're burying your head inside a job that they can suck you tomorrow and your children can suck you. And you're still not there at home. Even when you finish work, have you carried your two children, one on your back, one by your side, and just go out for a walk? Have you gone to the park? Have you gone to the park? Some of your children don't even know how to ride a bicycle. This is the time. It's called bonding. It's bonding. It's called bonding, buff. It's called bonding. They don't want to hear your shouts. 
They just want to hear, are you spending time with us? Have you cut back at work on work? Have you cut back on watching TV? Sometimes we're going to cut back on work, cut back on watching TV. And women sometimes cut back on cleaning and sit down together. Sit on his lap. Let the children see that there's love that is emanating here by spending quality time. Have you played... I wanted to say Ludo. Is it right? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it called Ludo? Okay. Let me, be, let me be a bit sophisticated. Have you played Snakes and Ladders? Monopoly. Monopoly. Have you played Monopoly? Have you played Snakes and Ladders? What have you played? What, what, what are you doing in your home? Nothing. Every Thursday or every Friday supposed to be family time. Have you even the man going into the kitchen and just say, I'm going to cook. Honey, don't look at me like that. But just say, I'm just going to cook. <laughs> have, you just, have you just said, everybody sit down. <laughs> this, is, this is chef today. Even if your food is not nice, it's the time that you're spending with them. And it creates a different atmosphere in your home because unity comes. You're sitting on that dining table that you just put in there for show. Use it now. Quality time. Number three, an act of service. My time's gone. What are you doing in the home? What have you done to contribute to the, to the home? It could be painting a room. It could be taking out the trash. It could be making up the bed. It could be cleaning up after the dog. Maybe that's what the woman wants. Maybe that's even her love language. It could be doing the, 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 the garden. You're in lockdown and your garden is full. Your neighbors are complaining. Stupid. You seriously, sometimes it's as simple as washing the car, filling the gas. It's as simple as cleaning. It's as simple as me saying, I want to focus on the other person. It's the act of service. Friendship in the power of intimacy strips down yourself. And finally, as we close, what is the thing that creates a different atmosphere in the home? What is the thing that creates a different atmosphere even in friendship amongst people? I call it the place of forgiveness. Ha! Ah, refusing to let go of your spouse's mistakes and instead of forgiving them, all you just do is you're screaming, you're leading to a place of disrespect. Not admitting sometimes that I'm wrong, sorry, I'm sorry, I'm wrong. These are the things that forge unity. Even in a church, we will offend each other. We will. We will. Hey, it could be this is your opportunity to find another church. You, 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 we would offend each other. But leaving a church without understanding that that's the place of your location because the devil wants to really kick you out of a place where God has not yet finished with you. He hasn't finished with you. Many of you go too early. We leave our homes, we leave our church, we isolate ourselves and we say, I just want to spend time by myself. The, 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 the lion is coming Please, the only way to create an atmosphere is that the things that you fight is not in the physical, it's in the spiritual. I'm giving you two out of four. Next week, we'll, we'll go to the two P's of creating a great atmosphere, doing what I call a climate change. But today, we've dealt with our thoughts and then we've dealt with unity. Hold your wife's hands. Hold your children's hands where you are. 
Hold your spouse's hands where you are right now. And let's together declare unity. How do you declare it over homes? Honey, come. I know you were not prepared. Jesus, just come. Let me hold your hands and let me speak over this church. Come, let's talk to the people. Let's change your thoughts. These things can't last. We're killing our society with this attitude. We're killing our society by fighting against each other. Lift your hands wherever you are. Even if your home is at peace, don't let it be too secure that you're still not building a wall around it. And start to declare over your home. Declare over your life. If you're single, declare over your life that God, this message is preparing me for where you're taking me to. You're in a relationship and you're seeing some of these behaviors occurring in your life. God is saying, deal with it before it deals with you because unity does not come through disunity. Unity only comes in unity. It's breaking ourselves down. It's saying to ourselves, God, we give it to you and all to you. We raise our hands right now in the name of Jesus over every home, over every mind, over every thought right now as pastors over this church. We do not want to give you what we don't have. We know we fight to maintain the unity. We fight to maintain the vision. But God, we have said that we will never be outside what we're not inside. And so as we lift our hands over every marriage, over every relationship, single, married, single parents, I declare the power of grace over your thoughts and in your home. You may be a single parent, you may say, Pastor, I've only got these two kids, but God is working on your unity, even in that two, three children that are around you. Fight for their unity. God is saying, don't worry. I'm your husband. I'm your wife. I will preserve you. I will keep you. I will be there for you. But learn from your children. Understand them. Stand strong as a rock. And fear not. Speak as a unity upon those who are single mothers, single fathers. I speak over those who are married. I speak over those who are single. That the spirit of unity will come upon them. That you will start to and you start to move with other people. You will no more be isolated. I declare that God will raise you up from that doldrums of isolation. And you will start to look for help in the name of Jesus. I start to declare that God will start to hook you up with great people. Send help us your way. And you will not reject them, but you will accept them. We prophesy that over this entire church. We prophesy that over this entire family. To you we give glory and honor and praise. Just say a word of prayer. Just, 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 just declare a word upon your life. Father, we thank you. We thank you, God, because you are a God of unity. You are a God of peace. Father, Lord, you are the creator of heaven and earth. And we declare over worship tabernacle, over every family, over every home, over every individual, that, Lord, your peace your grace will rest upon us all in the name of Jesus. Disunity will not take us away from our destiny. Our fight and struggle and unforgiveness will not take us away from your promises in the name of Jesus. We now decree that the love that comes from above, the love that Christ showed upon us to give us life and salvation, I decree that love 
will continue to flow in us in the name of Jesus. Father Lord, your word said, if we come together and we love one another, they will know that we're of you. Ah, Father Lord, we pray that the spirit of Christ and Christian life will continue to flow in our lives in the name of Jesus. That love will keep us together. Love will bind us together in the name of Jesus. For us to be able to fulfill that which you've called us to do in the mighty name of Jesus. We stamp out every work, every lie, every plan of the enemy against our homes, against our life that wants to destroy us. We come against it and we kick it out today in the name of Jesus. We create an atmosphere of peace. We create an atmosphere of love. We create an atmosphere of unity. We create an atmosphere that would declare the grace and the anointing of God where the Holy Spirit will flow in our lives and in our homes and in everything we do. Holy Spirit, help us, O God, to stay united. United we stand. We will not fall divided in the name of Jesus. To you we give glory, honor, and praise. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. 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 Wherever you are, just lift your hands and start to give God praise. Give God praise and honor. Worship the almighty God, for he is God by himself. Hallelujah. Because unity has come into him. If you you have not given your life to Jesus, you find out that what you're fighting is not physical. You need help. You're being abused. You're being misused. Some guy is just using you just as a pawn. Just using you to play around. Some woman is just using you just to be able to increase her own stuff on Instagram. And God is saying you really need to shut all that down and come and shut in and lock into him. I want to pray for you. I want you to say this after me. If you've never given your life to Jesus, but you're watching me online, just say, Lord Jesus, I want you to come into my heart. I want to change the atmosphere around my life and around me. So today I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. This I believe and so it will be. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. You've been listening to Ty Adeshugba, pastor of Worship Tabernacle Church. We hope you enjoyed this message. For further inquiries, visit us at www.worshiptabernacle.org.uk Alternatively, call us on 020-7435-3939 You can find us at the Citadel, Worship Tabernacle, 131 St. John's Way, N19 3RQ, Archway, London. Thank you for listening.